Fellow Teamster, driving an empty wagon up from the wharves of Samson and Pay's foundry, watched expressionless from atop his wagon's box. The crowd had stopped the carter from turning his horses out of Shocko Slip, but the man was too wise to make any protest. Where are you from, boy? The bald tanner thrust his face close to the young man's. What's your name? None of your business. The tone was defiant. So we'll find out. The bald man seized the bundle of books and tried to pull them away. For a moment there was a fruitless tug of war. Then the frayed rope holding the books parted and the volumes spilt across the cobbles. The bald man laughed at the accident and the young man hit him. It was a good hard blow and it caught the bald man off his balance so that he rocked backward and almost fell. Someone cheered the young man, admiring his spirit. There were about two hundred people in the crowd, with some fifty more onlookers who half hung back from the proceedings and half encouraged them. The crowd itself was mischievous rather than ugly, like children given an unexpected vacation from school. Most of them were in working clothes, betraying that they had used the news of Fort Sumter's fall as an excuse to leave their benches and lathes and presses. They wanted some excitement, and errant northerners caught in the city's streets would be this day's best providers of that excitement. The bald man rubbed his face. He had lost dignity in front of his friends, and wanted revenge. I asked you a question, boy. And I said it was not your business. The young man was trying to pick up his books, though two or three had already been snatched away. The prisoner, already tied to the hotel's window bars, watched in silence. So where are you from, boy? A tall man asked, but in a conciliatory voice, as though he was offering the young man a chance to make a dignified escape. Falconer Courthouse. The young man heard and accepted the note of conciliation. He guessed that other strangers had been accosted by this mob, then questioned and released, and that if he kept his head, then he too might be spared whatever fate awaited the middle-aged man already secured to the railings. Falconer Courthouse? The tall man asked. Yes. Your name? Uh, Baskerville. He had just read the name on a facia board of a shop across the street. Bacon and Baskerville, the board read, and the young man snatched the name in relief. Uh, Nathaniel Baskerville. He embellished the lie with his real Christian name. You don't sound like a Virginian Baskerville, the tall man said. Only by adoption. His vocabulary, like the books he had been carrying, betrayed that the young man was educated. So what do you do in Falconer County, boy? Another man asked. I work for Washington Falconer. Again the young man spoke defiantly, hoping the name would serve as a talisman for his protection. Best let him go, Don, a man called. Let him be, a woman intervened. She did not care that the boy was claiming the protection of one of Virginia's wealthiest landowners. Rather, she was touched by the misery in his eyes, as well as by the unmistakable fact that the crowd's captive was very good-looking.
Women had always been quick to notice Nathaniel, though he himself was too inexperienced to realize their interest. You're a Yankee boy, aren't you? the taller man challenged. Not any longer. So how long have you been in Falconer County? That was the tanner again. Long enough? The lie was already losing its cohesion. Nathaniel had never visited Falconer County, though he had met the county's richest inhabitant, Washington Falconer, whose son was his closest friend. So what town lies halfway between here and Falconer Courthouse? The tanner, still wanting revenge, demanded of him. Answer him? The tall man snapped. Nathaniel was silent, betraying his ignorance. He's a spy! A woman whooped. Bastard! The tanner.